0: Hello, and happy day to you, my sweet friend. Thank you so much for listening to Porn Apart. If you are struggling through the reality of your husband's porn addiction, this podcast is for you. My name is Piper Post, and my husband battled porn addiction for 30 years. 30 years, y'all. If God can set him free and restore my marriage, I believe he can do that for yours, too. Today on episode nine, we are finishing up listening to a conversation between my husband David and myself. If you haven't listened to episode eight yet, please stop now, go back and start there. One more thing before we jump in. I want to make sure you know where you can find our Porn Apart ministry. Our website is simply pornapart.com. On there, you can read about our story and see what we are offering right now in terms of support for you. There's a free download called Three Steps to Thriving that you may want to check out. There's a link to it on the front page. On Facebook, our page is also called Porn Apart, and I have a private group just for wives that I am literally on every day, offering support, prayer, and just sharing together in friendship. If you're an Instagram person, you can follow me by searching for my name at PiperPost. Lastly, if you need support, please, please just reach out to me. My email is piper at pornapart.com. Or if your husband is at a place where he's ready for support, have him email my husband, david at pornapart.com. I hope listening to our conversation is a blessing to you. Let's jump right in. So, the big bamboozle question that everybody wants to know, multiple women sent in this question, was, or some version of this question, what finally made the difference in you choosing to leave porn behind? And before you start, let me just say that you've now been free from porn for...
1: Over two years.
0: Over two years. We celebrated your two-year porn-free anniversary back in November as we're recording this it's now February and ah, I just praise God I praise God for so much for that because you had been caught in that trap of sin we counted up the years that for 30 years that that sin had been afflicted on you and oh Lord we praise you we praise you for that freedom and for that victory um so that's what everybody wants to know. They these women desperately want this freedom for their husbands. So sharing your story, what do you think finally made the difference in you being able to leave porn behind?
1: For me there was a there was a few things throughout the years you know I tried different softwares or different ways of being held accountable to to what was going on but There was always ways around them. You know, most of the time they would use a VPN and you knew how to either stop the VPN or, you know, work around it. There was always those things going on. Or you'd ask somebody to hold you accountable, but you would do it by email or by text. Um, A lot of times this is a subject that it's hard to find somebody that will talk about face to face, that will even acknowledge it. And for me, it just became one day. I realized that I had to stop for my wife, but a lot too dealt with my kids of knowing that if the husband, if the father is is involved in some kind of sin that it passes on, can pass on quickly to their kids. And I didn't want my kids to have to deal with any of this. And so I just decided uh, that it was time and I finally found somebody Uh, with some encouragement from from my wife, uh, I finally found somebody that I could talk to -to face-to-face. And I sat down with him and I said, hey, here's what's going on. It wasn't like a lengthy conversation, but it was just me asking him to hold me accountable. And to know that there was a person that I would see on a regular basis that would hold me accountable. And for me, it was someone at our church. Um, It was somebody that I had gotten to know over the years, and I felt comfortable going to him and saying, hey, uh, here's what's going on. And he wasn't judgmental, and I think that's the hardest part for probably a lot of husbands is trying to find somebody that they feel like won't judge them. Even though the people that they will probably talk to or the person that they might ask to be an accountability partner for them, somebody that will say, hey, how are you doing with this? What have you been doing? that that person may have been or is involved with it, and yet they want to be one of those that says, ooh, yuck, uh, I can't believe you do this. And so for me, it's finding it was finding that person face-to-face that said, hey, here's what's going on, and they weren't judgmental about it.
0: I, I really think that that was a key part of it too, is that you had come to a point that you were willing to confess to someone that you knew and that you trusted and it couldn't have been easy i was just thinking of that verse in first john that says when we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and how your story is a really great picture of that because i've heard you say that after that day you felt like you had been set free like you had mom, you've had moments of temptation and you'll have moments of temptation again I'm sure and but that in so many ways you felt like you were done and that it had been lifted off of you do you feel like that's true
1: yeah i I definitely think that's true you know it, it really is I mean confessing sin out loud is huge uh, and in, and a lot of times we want to confess it to God out loud and I mean we should mm-hmm. uh, I'm not I'm not saying that we shouldn't but when you are struggling with something talking to somebody face to face is to me is the best way of doing it and i know for me a lot of times it i wouldn't want to talk to somebody because of in our minds it's well what are they going to think of me? well what are they going to say? how is it going to change our friendship? how is it going to change our relationship that maybe you've had with somebody for for years? You know, maybe it's it's one of your, you know, golfing buddies or fishing buddies or whatever. And, you know, you guys, they realize, hey, something's going on, but that fear is still there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those things that Satan uses. He uses fear in our lives of saying, oh, someone's going to say something and it's going to change our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I want to say thank God because it didn't change my relationship with this person. We still text some. Uh, we've moved, I've moved away from where we were when all of this started and, but I know that time I could call him, yeah. I know at any time I could pick up the phone and, and text him and say, Hey, I need to talk to you because of this. Uh, and he's not going to, he's not going to judge me about it. He's just going to get on and talk. And I will keep saying it. And that's what, one of the things that I would tell every man, if they came to me and said, I'm struggling with this, how do you get out of it? Go find somebody. And it can't just be a random person.
0: And it can't be your wife.
1: And it can't be your wife, no. It has to be, and a lot of times, it needs to be a man. You know, you can't go to somebody that you know or you have, you know, a best friend or whatever, another family or whatever, but it needs to be another man that you have a relationship with that you are willing to be vulnerable with, but somebody that you know will actually do something, will actually hold you accountable and actually check on you periodically. You know, the thing that you have is sometimes with, with different softwares is that you know when the email's going out or when something's gonna be sent. Where when you talk to somebody, you have no idea when they're gonna call. You have no idea when they're gonna text. And so it really does give you that sense of, I need to stop this because I don't know when he's gonna call me or when he's gonna text me. Those were kind of the things. Uh, I got tired of, of hurting you. I got tired of hurting my family. And ultimately I found somebody that I could talk to.
0: Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that because in that way, God provided a man that had already walked through that battle. The guy that uh, David's talking about is was a friend of ours from church who he himself had been set free from that addiction and wasn't afraid to talk about it and wasn't afraid to let people know that Jesus has, had redeemed him from that and had set him free. and. Gosh, when you get on fire for the Lord about something like that, especially when you've been in prison and then the chains are gone, you have to talk about it. Like, that's in a way, like, that's how I feel about this ministry, this point apart thing that we're doing is that you were in bondage. Our marriage at times was in shambles because of this thing, and Jesus has redeemed it all. And it's like, now I want the whole world to know, and now I want everybody to see that. I'll uh-huh. hail King Jesus, you know, and that he's still doing miracles and he's still and he's still setting the captive free and the captives were us.
1: I think the thing, too, that wives need to understand is it has to be his choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It can't
1: be somebody else telling him what he needs to do. It has to be his choice.
0: Right, I can't tell you how many times that I confronted you about this and or I've, I you know I found stuff on our devices or I just saw you in a pattern of behavior where the Holy Spirit let me know David's struggling again. And that's why I couldn't be your accountability person in a way because I'm not as your wife like I'm not in a place to to lead you in that way. If needed, I can lead our family spiritually. I believe that God endows women with the ability to do that when their man is not able, when the man of the family is not able to do that. Um, I know a lot of our women listeners are either married to men who are not believers or who are not walking strong with the word. And I believe that women can do that. However, leading your husband in that way, leading him out of sin, is very rare. Is very w- rare. It, it has to happen quietly. And it has to happen, you know, with, with kindness and with love and with grace. And I know that that's how God had to work in my heart for you. That every time I caught you, that I wanted to do my best to express God's grace for you. And I did that over and over and over. And I never wanted to, even though I was hurt, and I'm sure that i let you know that I was hurt, and I was angry, and I'm sure i let you know that I was angry, but that I, all, I always tried to claim God's grace over you and did my best to not hold any of that against you as best as I possibly could. And still, all of that, you're absolutely right had to be your choice, just like God's free grace for all of us has to be our choice to take it. Anybody can give you a gift, but you have to decide to open it and make it your own. And it's kind of like that, I think, with freedom of sin in this area. Okay, next question. You You sort of talked about this, but during the deepest part of your addiction, did you think about the pain that it was causing me? And then they followed up with a question, did you think did you ever stop to think about what it ha, might have felt like if I was caught in that addiction instead of you? Like did you ever like in your mind think about if the tables have been turned?
1: I think you think about it I think you think about the pain only when you're confronted with it, when something comes up. I know that we had many of fights and i know that when you caught me that was the last thing i wanted to talk about and so there is a part of it that's shame that you understand that that thing hurts the other person but when you're in the midst of everything and you're doing it and you're you know you're it, it's not something that you think about thinking about the other side if it was happening i don't know i don't know how i would feel i, I really don't it, that's a hard question because men just don't have the same types of feelings sometimes that women do, and we see things differently, and that's not one of those things that, that I ever I ever thought about was, well, what if my wife was doing this? How would I feel? It, that just that never crossed my mind. The pain only crossed my mind when something happened, and, and then it was gone. Because a lot of times what happened is that you felt that pain, but then the anger started welling up within you. And a lot of times, I know that for me, I would get quiet, and I would stonewall, and it was because I was done talking about it. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I didn't want to hear about it anymore. Uh, You'd caught me, and I wanted it just to be over, and I could go on with whatever I needed to after that, and so that was pretty much the only time I think you ever feel about the pain. It's not like on a daily basis I would wake up and be like, I hurt my wife last night. Uh, that's That's just not how my mind at least worked.
0: I know that you've told me that you, you've you realized more and you've learned more actually about it since you've been set free from it that how it, it affected me that you didn't realize before.
1: Well, I think you've been more willing to be honest with how you felt. I don't think in the midst of it, you, you really wanted to share every little detail of, of what you were dealing with. You just wanted to deal with what needed to be dealt with and I don't want to say it to sound weird or sound not something it's not, but it was kind of like you were dealing with the surface part of it. And that's what you needed to deal with at that time. And now it feels like you can talk and, and really open up about what you really were going through. Because I don't know, even if you shared that stuff when I was in the midst, I can't say that it would ever really have effaced me. I don't know if it had been like man I'm really hurting her. I know that when it decided to stop it was like yes I know I'm hurting her in one way or another but not in the midst but yeah since you since 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 the end of it yeah you've you've shared more. And you know maybe maybe some of these wives could share more with their husbands so that they really get a picture of what's on un- what they under- what's going on but sometimes you're not comfortable in doing that.
0: Right. And I went through so many years just not even knowing what I needed. And just once I finally just said, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to cling to you. And I don't know how to solve this. I can't make my husband stop. I have to give it over to you. I have to entrust this to you. And I spent so many years just feeling alone, like I couldn't I couldn't share about this issue even with my best friend because it was so, it felt so shameful. That's how Satan made me feel about it. Was That's the part of the spiritual warfare that came on me that made me feel like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because it was so awful. That's one of the reasons why I felt really strongly that as we started this podcast and this ministry that we try to give a place where women can share and where wives can share, and where pastors' wives can share. That's the position that we were in. We were working in church ministry. And listen, Satan and his demons do not care. They do not care what your, your job is or your role is or if you're called to ministry or if you're Christian, not Christian. The temptation for this is everywhere. It's, it's infected our whole world. And we were just talking with some friends tonight about human trafficking, right here in our city and that it's rampant and it's all about sex and some of that is tied to pornography a lot of it is tied to pornography and so it doesn't matter like you know i i hope that there's somebody listening that you know you're you're hearing what i'm what i'm saying is that i was tempted to feel like i was alone and i couldn't share with anybody and that's a lie like (laughs) that's just another way that the sin perpetuates is that you don't get the help that you need And your husband doesn't get the help that he needs. Okay, so next question is, now that you've been walking free, do you still experience temptations or triggers to use porn again? And what do those look like? Like, what do they look like now versus what do they look like then?
1: I think now, I do get tempted at times, but it's not what it used to be. And I know when it hits that you just have to fight. It's it's one of those things, it's a battle. And you have to realize you just have to fight it. For me, what triggered was boredom. You know, I didn't have anything that I really wanted to watch or, you know, anything like that. And so that was one of the things that that I have to watch out for is boredom and being alone. When Piper would leave, that was one of the times that it was the easiest because she wasn't there. She wouldn't catch me. You know, I could do what I wanted. But now when you leave, that's the last thing I think about because we have three kids and taking care of a a gentleman with special needs and you know my plate is full and I'm tired by the end of the day especially when you're gone but the last thing I think about now is is getting online for that now I'm not saying that there won't come a day when it may be harder temptation may be harder but as of right now the last two over two years it has not
0: so one of the things that a few women wrote in about was that they have a lot of insecurities about their bodies or their age or their appearance because their husbands confessed or they found out through searching that their husbands had a specific body type or physical characteristic that they went after. Maybe a, a certain age of woman or a certain hair color or a certain ethnicity. And these wives are saying, what can I do? That's not me. My husband must not ever be able to be attracted to me. Did you experience anything like that? Have you any thoughts on how what to share with these women about that?
1: Like I said in the past, it really had nothing to do with you. And so it's hard to say that I had to get over this so that I could be attracted to you. It was just that... When you search, that's what you searched for. That's what somebody looked for. But it really has... It's not that they're wanting their wives to be that. Because it's a fantasy. And so fantasy and reality are different. And fantasy is is this, but reality is this. And so in fantasy, they want to look at something. But in reality, what they really want is you.
0: Wrap it up. Let's talk about a few more positive things and we'll ask the last couple of questions so now that you've been set free from your porn addiction what are some of the things that you did to reconnect with your spouse me uh, on an emotional mental or physical level
1: I mean I think you can you can speak more to it than I can but I think being willing to have open conversations being willing to Talk about what was going on, what you went through, what I was going through. I really think that, to me, one of the biggest things is that you don't judge me anymore about that. That's not something that you bring up to throw in my face. This is what you did. This is who you were. This is what happened to me. And I think just having a better communication. And a lot of times, for me, one of the things is is that knowing that I'm okay with you picking up my phone, my computer because I'm not worried. And when when you're not worried anymore, when you're not fearful anymore, I think that there just becomes a new connection that you make because now you have trust that has been broken. And it's not that the trust was broken between from me to you, it was more you to me. I had broken the trust. And so having that where I can, you can trust me has been a big thing for me.
0: Thank you for saying that. I will say that every once in a while, I think I need to look through his phone just for accountability's sake or just to quiet my mind about it. Because especially because I'm in a position now where I'm doing my best to serve a lot of women who are still, their husbands are still in the midst of that addiction I start to think like, gosh, I really hope that David's not getting sucked back into that. But for the most part, I've also been able to lay it down. I will say, though, that initially when you started saying I'm free of this, I was very skeptical. And I can remember that when you celebrated one year free of porn and you told me, I was just very, I don't know if you remember that day, but I was just very sort of like, woohoo, like, good for you. And it, it was because in my mind and my heart, I was still so very hurt and it was, I still hadn't come yet to a point where I was ready to say like, okay, like I can calm down now. And I remember calling a friend and uh, a friend from church and just saying, hey, he is saying this. And it was the wife of the, the man that you had confessed to and so she knew our she knew our story and i just remember saying i really want to believe him like i want to believe him and i'm having a hard time like doing that like how do i do that and she just said piper you just have to choose like am, am i going to place my husband in the in the place that the husband should be in my heart i i cannot place him in the place that jesus should be i made that mistake before that I idolized marriage and I idolized for many years what I thought our marriage should be like and instead put you in the correct position of that you're just a sinner saved by grace and I get to walk through life with you and that was when I was able to say okay God like thank you thank you for setting him free instead of just feeling that upset, anger, hurt, resentment in my heart. Several years before that is when I first started working on my own recovery and my recovery from your addiction that you were still in. That's why I tell women all the time that you can recover from your husband's porn addiction even if he hasn't yet. And that's because I felt major work and major progress in my own recovery and in my own healing that I had to get to a point that I said, okay, Lord, even if he's never free of this, I can still trust you. I can still say you're, <laughs> you're on the throne and I can still commit my children to you. I can still commit my marriage to you and I can still walk in your truth even if David is never set free of this. And that, is, that journey is where I want so many of these women that I talk to you to be able to start. And even after you were set free, which I, it was like, I almost didn't expect it to happen. I was like surprised that then I had to come to a point of like, okay, I can believe it now. Like I can step into that. I can step into the joy and into the celebration of that. Is there anything else just on your mind and on your heart uh, as we've been talking that you want to share that you think is important? for wives to share, or that you would love for them to maybe share with their husbands?
1: You know, as I've been sitting here, one of the things that I would encourage you to get your husband to do is go get, there's an app that I use called I Am Sober. And in that app is the day, you can put the day that you started, and it will give you, it counts every day for you. And so at any time, I can open that app, and it will tell me how many days And I think sometimes that really helps. When you see the days start adding up, each day, each day adding up, one more day, one more day, it it gets to that point where you're like, you know what, I can do this. You know, why is one of the things that I told Piper more than anything is you have to realize that until they're ready to make that decision, it's not going to happen. And the more stress you put on them, unfortunately, will send them further into their addiction. For a lot of men, it's stress relief. And also, don't think that you're the only wife out there that's struggling with this. You know, statistics say that like 80% of men are something like that are addicted to porn. You know, and kids as young as nine, eight and nine are starting to get addicted to Mm -hmm. it. And I don't think you realize mentally and physically what that does to you and to relationships. I can almost guarantee you that your husband probably has other relationships other than yours that they're struggling with because of this addiction, because of the self-esteem that they may be fighting, or you know whatever it might be that, that's down deep, that, that there still probably is another issue. And encourage your husbands, encourage them... <laughs> To find somebody to talk to. You can't push them. You can't make them. But encourage them. And every once in a while, it it didn't hurt for Piper to mention somebody. Hey, what about this person? And until she mentioned the right person, it didn't click. But then when the right person is mentioned, it clicks.
0: So I'm praying and I'm hoping that there is a woman or a man listening right now that is just primed and ready to take in everything that we're saying. If there is a husband that could reach out to you or a man that could reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: The easiest thing is to just email me at pornapart.com and start the conversation there.
0: Taking any type of step to reach out to someone and say, I struggle with this or say, I need some help figuring this out. A person that is not your wife, I think is a wonderful step to take. Same thing, wives, if you're in a place where you just need support, don't email, email my husband. Email me, piper at pornapart.com. And we are doing our best to give of our time and give of our talents and our story to support you and be there for you and I'll just give a little plug that we have started taking coaching clients and if you're interested in coaching for you as individuals or for marriage coaching if you and your husband are at a place in recovery that you're ready to work on some things together in your marriage that David and I will meet with you together on zoom and through with you in more detail some of these things that you can begin working on together. So as we close, David is going to pray for you. And he's going to pray for all of you wives that are listening and for your husbands and the battle that you guys are walking in together. So before you do that, babe, again, thank you so much for being here and for talking and for sharing your heart and your story. I'm so thankful for you, and I'm thankful to be on this journey with you. In Jesus' name.
1: Well, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time that you've given us to, to answer some of these questions. I know that a lot of the wives are struggling. They're hurt. And some of them may be at their wits' end and not know where to go from there. So Father, I just ask that you will give them strength, guidance, perseverance as they love their husbands. I know that without the love of my wife and and the things that she did for me that I don't know if I would be where I am today. So Father, I just pray over each one of these wives that you will give them strength to continue to walk through this and to make good decisions for themselves, that they can be healthy themselves to, to be able to help their husbands. And for those husbands that are out there that are still in the midst of this, that are struggling, I pray that God will will convict them, will change them. Uh, but most importantly, I almost want to ask that, that you will, that God will just put somebody before them. Put a name in their heart, in their head, in their mind of who to talk to, who to ask for accountability. That men will realize that it, they're not alone in this battle that they're not the only ones that are struggling with it, and that even though it's one of those sins you don't want to talk about, you don't want to say something about, that if we will confess it, that God can do something with it. This is one of those sins that when we keep to ourselves, it just keeps growing in us. So I pray that you will give men strength to confess out loud to somebody what's going on. Father, I just thank you for what you do in our lives. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. And that only through the shedding of his blood and the resurrection can I have the freedom that I have and the life that I have. So I just thank you for that. Uh, Most importantly, just be Jesus to us each day in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. I just want to remind you that all you really need is Jesus. He's all you need. And he heals us in a variety of ways. He heals us through his word, prayer, meditation, community, good food, movement, therapy, and rest. Go and seek those things this week. That's all for today, friends. I want to thank my husband, David, for editing this show and for being a courageous man of God who is willing to share his story with the world. If you are the wife of a porn user, this podcast is here to encourage you and strengthen you right where you are. Would you take a moment and please subscribe and leave us a review? We would love to be a support to you. You can also find us at pornapart.com.